Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast, Season 3. I'm Rob Shear, the founder of Comfort Cases and your host. Together, we have made such a difference in the world. We've met with leaders and change makers in the foster care system. We've met with charities and philanthropists, celebrities, authors, and so much more. We'll continue to bring you guests who will share how together, as a community, we can bring about change. Welcome once again to Fostering Change. You know, um, it is so hard to believe that here we are in April and Fostering Change um, as a podcast has truly changed me in so many ways. You know, I have always felt that I was um, someone who kept on top of current events, being a dad of five kids. Um, I am definitely love to read. But since I've been doing this podcast for the last three seasons, I have read so many books, um, you know, but this one particular book that I read, I will have to tell you, and actually I'm getting goosebumps if you can see right now, because, you know, I've always felt when it comes to parenting, there's never been a manual and everybody thinks that they've done it the right way and everybody wants their child to be in this particular box. Well, my next guest has written a book, My Everything, The Parent I Want to Be, The Children I Hope to Raise. Enoch, Nathan, you are coming live with me from Tel Aviv. By the way, you're my first person I've ever interviewed um, in Tel Aviv. So welcome to Fostering Change. Thank you so much. I'm so excited and I'm so overwhelmed with your opening. So I'm delighted to be here. Well, you know, one of the things that really caught me about your book was your back cover was, you know, I'm always one of these ones as even an author, I read my front cover and my back before I actually start into what I call the love, um, which is the inside of the book. And it says parenthood is like a bungee jump. It is scary and fun and it makes you fly and flings you down. And as the wind blows in your face between heaven and earth, after you dare to take that leap. You know, I read that right before I started reading your book and I thought about my five kids. So, you know, I am a dad of five. All five of my children were adopted through foster care. My oldest son is 21, who arrived at the age of 18. Um, And my other children are 17, 15, 14, and 13. And each one of them have a different personality. And you talk about that. You talk about, you know, how we really parent our children. And I got this thing about humility about how to be humble as a parent. Can you explain that to me, what you mean about that in this amazing book? I think that if we haven't met humility before we became parents, then this would be the title of the journey, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I really do. It's all about, if we compare it to agriculture, for example, when I, when I put something specific in the ground, I know, like, I, I, I put my carrots in the ground. I, I know that hopefully if I take care of the ground, if the, the terms and conditions will enable the carrot to grow, I will see a carrot. 
I think that when we raise children, it's putting the carrot in the ground. And hopefully, if the conditions meet the needs of the seed, maybe we'll see something else. Right. So it's, it's, it's a double mirror journey to, to humility. You know, I, I know the fact that, you know, what I've read about on social media about you and about your book, about how it's really, you know, a lot of moms, um, it's, you know, it's been a big book for moms. But I have to tell you as a dad um, and my husband, by the way, my husband picked this up. He read it as well. Um, and his dads and my husband's a stay at home dad. He got so much out of this book, you know, and one of the things that that I, I think that we all try to do as parents here here in the States is, you know, we want our kids to stay within that box. We are like, you know, we've given you this, we've done this for you. Um, we want, And what I got from this is that if you, as you just said, if you plant that seed and give the right love and energy, you should allow that carrot to shape in any way that it possibly can. Yeah, you're still sticking to the carrot. Yes, yes, I love yes. that. I love that. Because I'm not in the carrots. Oh my God, I've planted a carrot and I got a thorn with one green leaf. And I said, okay, we'll work with that. Yeah. So, so the journey is about, I think, understanding or tuning to, to, to this state of putting your ego aside and 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 getting to know each and every one of your children's need or even you know it's 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 i can't i can't run away from from agriculture because it's it's always about the ground and the roots and we never think about shouting at a plant in our backyard that you know doesn't straight up or doesn't flourish we always go back and 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 check ourselves and check i don't know the water the sun the everything around it so it's it's also in the matter of taking accountability for us being their best option the best option Wow. You know, you talk about the fact of the tree. And for those who know me, um, they know that trees, um, I have pictures of them all throughout my house. Um, yep, I am one of those people. I actually have a, a, a very large tattoo of a tree because I always think about my children and how rooting them into the ground. And as that tree grows, the branches grow in different ways. And they're, you know, some are crooked and some are straight and some hang over and some stand tall and I think about my kids when it comes to those branches and I, I I really felt that when I read your book it's very exciting to hear because I, I meant that even in, in a metaphorical way yeah. right I got it I totally got it out of that you know the, the thing is is what I really love I travel a lot, by the way. So as a public speaker, um, I, I travel, I'm on the road all the time. And the guilt that I've always had as a parent is the, the time that I give to my children. And, and, you know, I would, I would see on social media or I would read how, oh, I set this, you know, whole day out, um, with my kid and gave my kid that. Play. 
And then I read this. Oh my gosh. And I felt like, oh my God, I'm not failing because, you know, sitting on my daughter's bed at she's 17 now. And I just got back in town the other day and I went into a room and I was laying across her bed and we were just chatting. We were just, you know, talking. It was her, you know, it's her, her, her last semester. She's getting ready to go into high school in her last semester. And we just talked and we probably spent about 30 minutes just, you know, you know, and for a 17 year old girl, that's, <laughs> A lifetime. I, I know. Mean, I know. I to talk to a teenager for, for more than three minutes. It's wow. I know, but I will tell you, prior to reading your book, I always felt I failed because I'm so busy on the road to provide for my family. Um, and that, you know, yes, my husband is a stay-at-home dad and, and, and I think he does get the extra, but even my 21 year old, you know, last night, you know, as I was, you know, freshening up, thinking about, you know, things I wanted to talk to you about and he's sitting in the chair and we probably spent about six or seven minutes just talking about your book and then up and I thought, it filled my cup. It's a two-way stream, right? Because parents that have this plan or this box, as you, as you call it, I, I, I think that they're not available enough to be curious. And sometimes you let the small moments skip or really the sacred parts of parenting, of which are which are hard by the way they're not always sweet as you describe i was you were talking about your 17 i just remembered my evening with my 17 <laughs> last evening where she just shouted at me at, and screamed at me for leaving my clothes on her bed and i was just you know, inhaling and putting aside, you know, the autopilot, which I wanted to tell her, oh my God, you're living in a five stars hotel. What did I ask from you one time? I'm leaving the clothes on your bed and you're, how ungrateful can a person be? And I put that aside and I was like, hey, babe, what's going on? Do, do you want to, do you want to, let's talk about it because it's, it, I'm, I'm sure that it's not my clothes. You're never the kind of person that shouts on clothes, you know? And, and she was, I, I saw the minute that the lightning struck her like, okay, what's going on? And then she said, I feel like there's a bad energy between us in the last week. And I was so moved that she could say that because she was right. But you know what was the bad energy between us? She began to hang out more with her friends. And she felt like she's not at home enough. And I've, I asked her, Maybe it's her growing up that making her scared or making her project, you know, certain things on our energy. 
and then she she paused and said i think i'm scared of separation and i told her we're not separating you're growing up i'm here and then she started crying if i would have had a plan on how to raise the 17 year old teenager being you know with with this manual of how to comment when she's sassy or how to behave when she's i would have missed on this moment yes yes so much you know and i think about what you just said you know for me as my kids and and you by the way you and i have the same amount of kids and so you know um my children all arrived with trauma you know coming from the united states foster care system is um the worst of worst i mean children from foster care suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder twice the rate as our combat veterans um, my oldest son, who is 21, he arrived at the age of 18. So here is this young boy who had really had no stability, no true family, you know, purpose whatsoever, and always used to having parents or people deal with him in the way that you just said we shouldn't deal. And so a lot of times what I'm seeing is a lot of my kids and not all of them, but, you know, a couple of my children are always pushing the boundaries because they're so used to that. What would you do if you were in my shoes? I think that I would look at the phrase pushing the boundaries differently because, I don't know, when you sit on a roller coaster, which is really scary, and, you know, you've got this seatbelt that is supposed to secure you just before it, you know, goes for the ride. You check it just to see if you're safe. So I think it's a part of them, you know, doing this action in order for us to to make them feel safe. And sometimes pushing boundaries triggers parents, especially in the world where there are all these experts that say that we are raising children without boundaries and we should have a united front. Just listen to the vocabulary, by the way. Is it war? Boundaries? Front? Are we fighting someone? So, so I think it's, it's, it's an invitation for, for a safe space. And sometimes we need to we need to remind ourselves that this is what it is because because you know we we have come from our childhood traumas you know they're not the same but I I know few parents that can you know take on the 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 trigger of disrespect or not being seen or not feeling you know important and sometimes we misinterpret this you know checking the boundaries thing because it's not against us it's 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 for them you know what i love the fact of changing vocabulary and that is something that you know we talk a lot about here on fostering change 
um, is the fact that our, our vocabulary really impacts each other. So listen, we're going to take a quick break. Everyone, um, Enoch Nathan, um, the book is my everything. The parent I want to be, the children I hope to raise. I'm telling you, I, I say this every week to each and every one of you, whether you're tuning in on one of the podcast channels or you're watching us on YouTube. Um, this is all about educating us, each other. And as a parent, there is no manual and it is not an easy road. And it is like being on the bungee jump. That I want you all to know. You know what? We're going to be right back. Comfort Cases is now partnered with Clean the World, an amazing organization dedicated to water, sanitation, and hygiene. Clean the World operates recycling centers across the world. Hong Kong, the Netherlands, Las Vegas, Orlando, and including our nation's capital. They are leading a global hygiene revolution. They are distributing recycled soap and hygiene products from more than 8,000 travel and hospitality partners. Clean the World has made the decision to donate hygiene products to comfort cases so we can place them in our cases. These products are so important to our youth that are entering foster care. You know, having their own brand new hygiene product really means a lot to them. These donations will truly give these kids an amazing feeling of self-worth. I want to thank you so much, Clean the World. And for more information on how you can donate, please visit their website at cleantheworld.org. Well, you know what? We're back. And I am so, so excited to be talking to now I do consider my new friend. And um, the fact that she's here all the way from Tel Aviv, um, she is the number one international bestseller. Um, her book, My Everything, is my everything. I read it. My husband read it. As a matter of fact, my assistant, Barry, she was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to get my hands on this book. Um, because being a parent um, is always something that I, for instance, grew up in foster care, um, having different parents um, who played that role. There was never any way did I think, did they do it right? Did they do it wrong? And what this book really taught me is the fact that if we would just throw the whole manual idea away um, and really understand that each and every child is an individual, as I said earlier, a branch on that tree and will grow any way they need to grow, you just need to be there to show them love, give them water, the sunlight. Um, you know, and not, I have to say, you know, I don't know how you do it all. So you're a mom. You have five kids as well, correct? Yeah. Eyal is 22. Yav is 20. Lee is 17. Rona is 14. And Shira is nine. Wow. So you, you're like me. You have the gambit of ages of kids. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, I find it so interesting and fascinating to see my, my, um, amazing humans, as I always call them. I always call my, my kids laughing. They're all like, Dad, I call them amazing humans because I love to see the way they're growing into individual humans that, you know, they've all taken their different paths. You know, it's funny. My kids are, are raised by two dads. Um, and so not one of them like theater. Um, my, my, 
<laughs> but you know, they're raised by two dads and they all my boys, my four boys are the biggest sports fanatics you could imagine. So it truly does show you that if you allow a child to be raised as an individual and let them take their own steps, they will truly do that. You know, they will truly do that. You know, one of the things that you talk about is, you know, gradually food makes its way into emotional realm. I'm still I'm still in the first sentence that you've said about growing in foster and now raising foster kids. And I was thinking about myself and the, about the opportunity of parenting these five children. And I think that I can say now after 22 years of being in this role of being a parent that there is something I'm trying to define it. I think that just by accepting them as they are, just by welcoming their existence in, in, in my surrounding, there is a healing process to the wound of the childhood. I'm becoming the parent I wanted to have for myself. There's a process that slowly begins of amazing cure. Wow. Do, do you understand what I I'm do. trying? I do. I do. I. I. You know. Moments. It's. 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 It's tiny moments, but there are moments of pure joy and you know excitement and tears of you know, this feeling that how I'm treating them is a bypass or a correction of how I was supposed to be treated. Wow. So we have a second opportunity to heal. You're right about that. You know, I I remember years ago, someone interviewed me about, you know, being a dad who, you know, for my life, I, you know, I grew up, you know, very abusive parents in the system. At the age of 18, when I was a senior in high school, as most people know the story, I became homeless and literally lived on the streets my entire senior year of high school. And I remember being a little boy, about six years old, one of the many houses I had lived in, one of the many, you know, never remember a Christmas tree, never remember a birthday cake, never. And I remember seeing a parent in a front yard in, one, in the neighborhood throwing the ball with their boy. And I remember looking at that boy and I was there was a, such a jealousy in me that I knew that I was never going to be that boy. And I knew that I was never going to have that dad. But I had said to myself as a little boy that when I grew up, that I was going to be that dad. And it is something that I have tried so hard for the last 13 years since my children arrived. And do you feel sometimes that through that dad, you get to be that boy? You get to go back in time. I'm sorry. More times than you can imagine. You know, when I saw my, my son Alex at 18 and how he just needed someone to love him. And why would I take an 18-year-old child into my home? But I also saw that 18-year-old boy when I was little, instead of someone saying, 
come home. Let let's you know let's this is your safe place as you talked about. Um, I was handed a trash bag and I lived on the streets. So yeah, I do flash back and think you know. But you know, being a parent, you know, you're right. There are moments of such unbelievable joy, um, but then there's also moments of unbelievable heartbreak, nightmare. Yeah. It's it's simultaneously everything together, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're you're right. You're you're right. You notice, and and I seem to do this. You know, like I said, each of my children are individuals. Each of my children have come with trauma. You know, I have a son who um, suffers from what we call reactive attachment disorder, and um, you know, he it's it's just a nightmare at nights and, and days and, and weeks. And, um, and, and do you ever look and think if this is, I do, how could I have done something different? No, never. never. It's not efficient. Oh, I love that. It's not really all this process of guilt and what could I have done better? It, it It's not, I think that when you accept, but fully accept that we don't have control, we don't really have control. We can only be present in the here and now. We can only do our best. And if you're a believer like I am in relationship, then you can always say you're sorry. You can always, you know, Rap, repair the rapture and there will always be something that you've done wrong or you would have done differently no i agree with you and that's why so many times i say it's all about unconditional love you know um i think that's so important you know one of the things is we're wrapping this up i want to tell you we do in our family we have been doing wrapping up yeah, it's almost, can you believe it? it's been such a great talk? But, you know, one of the things I have to tell you, we do this in our family and have been doing this since our children arrived at a young age. Um, and when I read your book, it really was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, I think she's going to love this. We have this thing that we do and it, it's, Normally, it's it used to be Friday nights because the kids were younger and Friday nights was the family night. Now my teenagers on Friday nights, they don't even be home. So we've moved it to Mondays, but we call it fam, Family Forum. And what it is, it's a moment in time during the week that the family comes together. Sometimes it lasts 15 minutes. Sometimes it's been an hour. But it's the opportunity to, for each and every one of our children to really express how they feel about their dads on any act that we had taken and so many times during that that period we have to apologize because yeah dad maybe I shouldn't have did it that way or maybe I, I, I you're right I shouldn't have spoke to you like that or maybe when I did you know take your phone maybe it was for too many days because the the so you know we do this and what we do is we tell our children there's no repercussions so anything that you say during the family forum time it stays at family form and walks away. What do you think about that? I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. I think that if we didn't need this hour, you know, if we could take this hour and just, you know, tell jokes 
and we can give the safe space of, you know, saying in the moment how you feel about this dad or that dad or what our or my partner's reaction have, you know, how he met the reaction or how she thought something was wrong. I think that we can leave a larger space for communicating, you know, and I think that we don't need this safe space of declaring, hey, this hour, this day, you can say anything. I, I want to make the space like any minute. And I want to make space for myself as a parent to, you know, say, okay, I've heard you. I'm going to think about it. We have a joke in the family that when they have complaints that I don't think that I can reply or make myself better or in a bad day, I don't think that they're justified. There's a complaint box in the entrance of the our living room. And I just go, just write it down and put it in the box. We'll open all your complaints, like uh, on the family dinner, and each and every one of us will laugh at the other one's complaint, and we are doing the best we can. But this was the joke. So I want to leave the, 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 the ritual for fun and joy, but if it allows this space of feedback, as you're describing it, because it sounds like good family time. Yeah. No, and I, 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 and I it, you're right. And, and last night we, you know, it, it, we were all sitting around at, you know, and, and you just, you hit the nail on the head though, by the way, because what has happened over the years of doing this, it has allowed our children to feel and to express in a safe manner whenever they want. Um, and not having- Now to we can work. watch a movie. Yes. yes. Popcorn. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, and the fact is, is that, you know, I always, I say this quite often and, and my husband Reese says it too as well, is that, you know, we're not always going to get this right. Um, and so let's all do it together. You know, let's all do it together. Yeah. That is, you know. This so I important. love. I love it. I love it. I listen, I love you and thank you. Um, I'm telling you, everybody, you know, Enot Nathan, my everything. I please go out and get this book. Please, please, please go out and get this book. As a parent, um, you know, by the way, I have so many friends that I'm sending this book to who are actually um, parents of toddlers. And I think you need to read this to start getting prepared. But, you know, my assistant, Barry Carr, one of the things that she always says to me is that um, certain things are, um, and I'm, I want to get this right, but um, beshared. And how this is a true beshared moment that this was meant to be. And I feel that. And, you know, um, I just can't thank you enough for writing this book to care enough to, to let us know as parents that, you know, it is like a bungee jump. 
I actually have to tell you um, this particular quote that you did on the back. Um, my husband um, actually had it printed out and it framed um, and put in. Yes, um, because he I was so moved by this. And, um, you know, it was it was when you said, take a deep breath, take a deep there's, breath. There's not a day that we don't need to take a deep breath. And they're the best teachers in the world. And, and I want to thank you so much for the safe space that you made for me today and tell you that this virtual meeting didn't feel virtual at all. And for, for, for the last, I don't know, half an hour, I felt at home just by the tone of your voice and the look in your eye and There is something so amazingly authentic about you that I think that if if we if we can if we can put a headline on it, it would be that we're sharing our imperfectness with each other. And if we can parent like this, life would be much easier for them and for us. You are right. Thank you Thank so you. much oh my God, for this imperfect so talk. Wow. Imperfect English of mine. No, your English was great. Your English was great. Listen, everybody, um, you know, I normally end these conversations with, you know, something that I, I really want you to take away. But I think that the takeaway is um, everything that you've heard today and that each and every one of us um, have an opportunity have an opportunity, you know, make tomorrow as good as today. And the thing that I say is that really look into a child's eyes. Because if you really look into a child's eyes, you will see your future for tomorrow. You'll see your future for tomorrow. And gosh, is that future bright. Take care, everybody. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.